Can you name a city that hosted a game at the 2002 World Cup? Should we say Tokyo? Out straight away. Whoa! What? Oh, what are the greatest answers of all time? OTB AM. Live, weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. The GAA Roadshow Series on OTB Sports. With thanks to Guinness Zero Zero. 100% Guinness, 0% alcohol. More social occasions off the GAA pitch are yours for the taking. We've, we've fulfilled the terms and conditions. We've arrived. It's the joke bait show, is it? We <laughs> <laughs> yeah. actually had one. Myself and James were talking back. Said we wouldn't actually go near you when we were drinking up above now. But we were saying one there. You were talking about Tony. because they wouldn't fucking buy it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we were talking about Tony Kelly earlier. Like, you were saying any stories with Tony to Podge. And uh, one of the ones I remember, like, it's funny, you look at players on the pitch and like you nearly you don't see the personalities in players when they're on the pitch. You just don't see it, you know. But we had a great lad, he, you know, Captain Kilkenny, Shane Pendergast. He was a great hurler, but he was just really relaxed, really friendly fella. The day never got to him, nothing like that. And we actually hurled Clare in Nolan Park in the league in 2014. And Clare All Ireland champions, Tony Kelly was young hurler of the year and hurler of the year like that year. And uh, we're hurling away anyway, and like we had no plan for Clare because it was the league, and you know players were getting a run and different things like. But um, during the match, we no one was marking Tony. Well, there was a man marking him, but we had no plan for him. Next thing, Tony Kelly started shooting the lights out, like you know he was flying it. So Brian let a roar in at Shane Pendergast, and really relaxed fella, just hurling away, enjoying himself. And he said, "Shane, man, mark Tony Kelly, go after him." <laughs> Shane goes, uh, "No bother, Brian. Which one's Tony Kelly?" <laughs> <laughs> And we were standing there going, oh, James, we're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't any insult. It was just Shane Pendergast was just like, yeah, yeah, that's done. Which, which one's Tony? I'll take Tony Kelly there, like, you know. But uh, just, yeah, mad. <laughs> you were reasonably optimistic about Kilkenny's chances when we spoke in the pod on Monday. Do you still have that feeling that Kilkenny are the in-the-long-grass team, haven't lost to Clare since 97, they might just repeat the trick again? Yeah, like, I mean, I suppose you talk about the long grass. Again, we talked about it in 2019. We were in the long grass against Limerick. I don't think... This game is really 50-50 with, with Clare just being the favourites for this game. And, and I don't mind saying that. But, like, we talked about it on the pod during the week. The way I look at it is, like, Kilkenny do get their matchups really well. And, I, and I've seen the process of how they actually do that. Clare are excellent going forward, absolutely brilliant. And the two wing-backs go forward really well. But we saw against Galway, when Galway sat back off Kilkenny, Kilkenny said... Alright, Adrian Mullen and Billy Ryan, he sit back in the 65 and ask the questions of Paul Mannion. You know, ask him, will he come out? And will he, will he, and Finton Burke as well, will they go out after him? I think it's going to be a flip of that. I think Clare will be driving up the lines and Kilkenny will target the lads as they're coming up the line. Hopefully turn them over. And at that stage then I think you'll have Kilkenny lads flooded into that open space. It only works if you turn them over. It only works if you have the work rate to actually turn the Clare players over. But there is possibilities there. But the bottom line is, is Clare have savage momentum at the moment. And if Clare fulfil that, if Clare bring that momentum to the game, they're capable of savage things on Saturday night in Crow Park. So I'm not, you know, I'm not unaware of that. I know fully well that if Clare get going. But Kilkenny know that. Kilkenny know that they have to stop Clare. They have to kill them in their purple patch. And they have to really bring it to them. But I think, you know, of the two games at the weekend, and it's not to play down the second game, but I just think it's, it's teed up really for a savage game on Saturday night that we could see just one of these great games that, for a neutral, you know, you, you just love to see. You know your audience, by the way. For anyone who might have missed in the pod this week, you were like, six to eight points Limerick. Yeah, well, so you keep them to Limerick, like. 
<laughs> I know. Like we said it there a few weeks ago. Seth James were talking and you they were talking that? about. The, you said it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lim- limerick win all day. But no, we were talking about it that you know we're talking about the prospect that let's say if Wexford turned Clare over in the quarter final, what chance do Wexford have against Limerick? The, the one thing I will say about Limerick in Crow Park at the moment, like forget league, forget turning Limerick over in the league. It just doesn't matter. Limerick in Crow Park plays into Limerick's hands, and it's they're a juggernaut in Crow Park. They're capable of destroying any team outside of themselves. They're capable of destroying any team in the, in, in this All Ireland, um, and it just depends on one what Limerick team turns up, and two what the other team bring. I do genuinely give Galway a chance. I give, I give Galway a chance of coming in under the radar, giving them a good crack. They have great players there. But Limerick are the farm team. I wouldn't even call it a farm team. They're the generational team at the moment, which is brilliant. And they're setting the standard, and everyone has to step up to it. But it's made for Galway to step up to it. You know, and as a player, you have to take that chance on and say, we're playing a generational team at the moment. Let's have a go at them. And if we come out here losing by three, losing by ten, just have a proper crack at them and have a go. But like, it's, it's brilliant to watch Limerick. They're just, they are the team. They're after setting the bar that bit higher, it's up to teams to step up to them. And for me at the moment, they're just a team that if, if you have plans of winning All-Ireland, don't mind going around them. You have to just play through them. You mentioned, just going back to the Saturday game a minute ago, you mentioned that Clare do have the momentum and Kilkenny have had a four-week break. As a player, you want to go the direct route. You want to go to the semi-final. But four weeks of a break? Four weeks, I think, is ideal, to be honest. Um, like, there were times there, Limerick in 2013, when they played Clare in the All-Ireland semi-final, they had a six-week break. For me, six weeks is, is too long. And that, and that was talk back then that maybe Clare came in and they got their momentum in the quarter-final stage. And Limerick had six weeks off after the Munster final. For me, four weeks is ideal. You have a week off after the game to check your injuries, you know, let lads recover, and then you have a week of savage training. Every team, football or hurling, goes away two weeks before a big match and they plan, they look at the other team, they, they go through everything absolutely down to the last degree, and then you have a week of hard training and you build it back down. It's a perfect scenario. But likewise, clear of a good scenario, and they have another match after galvanising the team that bit more. So, like, I really put everything to the side for a semi-final. Semi-finals are there, like, I think you were saying, Will, during the week, that the form is with the team who comes through the provisionals, I think, with, with Leinster and so yeah. on. But, that goes out the window really when it comes to a semi-final but I would rather have the four weeks because he can structure it and like Claire had the extra game where he might pick up the extra niggle hopefully they've come through it well I'd say hopefully but they, they probably have come through it but there is the risk there that you might pick up a few niggles in the quarterfinals. Joe I'd say they'd hate to give a player like you a four week break um, <laughs> to be fair as Fiona will testify any time we had a break we enjoyed it um, <laughs> No, look, it actually came against us when I was hurling because there was a four-week nearly break between every game mm. because of the extended season. Like, we'd played the Munster final. We were after, especially in '96, we came to a savage Munster championship. We'd replay. Then we'd four-week break, and no disrespect tantrum, but that was our next match, four weeks. Then we'd another four weeks then all on the final. So any momentum we'd built up in Munster was actually gone. Um, I think the four-week break this year, I think in 18, I I met John Kiley, and he was actually hoping to finish third in Munster because they needed the games. This year, it'll suit him because of the injuries. So now it's alone. Peter Casey, Barry Murphy, Keane Lynch, uh, another four weeks to get back. 
Now, the other side of it is that Galway probably, James, might, might or might not agree with me. Um, I think if Cork were on their game that day, that the game, it was there for them. Galway, to be fair, I think, have been the team that I would be worried about as a Limerick man all the time. I think during the, the COVID semi-final, um, I think we were damn lucky to get out of there. Damn lucky to get out of there now. Um, I think the fact that Joe had to go off. Went off yeah. mm. Do you know, Parik Manion went off as well, I think, did he? Yeah, shooting was bad. Yeah. yeah. Do you know, I think we got out of jail that day. Um, the only hope I have is, because I see Joe Kenning in Limerick all the time, he looks fitter than any hurler I've ever seen in my life still. He's retired. And my, my hope is that if he thought that there was another all Ireland in Galway, he'd have stayed in another year. So with the help of God, Joe knows more than we do. <laughs> James, Objection. you're, sh- Objection. you're, Objection. Shaking. <laughs> James, you're <laughs> shaking your head mad there at the mention of uh, Keane Lynch having more time to get himself right as a Galway like, man. But doesn't it frighten you? Like, I, I know I'm here like, I'm, I'm on my own. Like, do you know what I mean? I'm thinking... Limerick have been so impressive over the last few months and put up, uh, you know, and the best team to come up against them was obviously Clare and they couldn't beat them. And that was minus the Keane Lynches and minus the Peter Casey's. So that, that's a frightening proposition for a team who's prepared. And the trouble is, like, I think Henry and his backroom team are probably wondering, is Keane going to start? Because mm. if, he's, if he's going to start, you have to apply a specific plan for him because he's so influential. He connects an awful lot of things with Limerick. So is he going to start? That's question number one. And that, that kind of throws its own bit of a disarray into the whole setup. Like, and like I, everyone looks at Limerick, right? And they look at their game plan, the way they play. And then nowadays, people say that's the Bible. That's how we. That's how we're supposed to play. But, but can, I, can I just say something, James? And I think you've said it on the pod. Um, unfortunately, Fox, I'm sick to the shit. I've only met these lads for the first time tonight. But you couldn't I, be sick of us already. I'm sick of you listening to the podcast because, <laughs> to be fair, I, I'm, I'm travelling up and down to the Kildare Camogie Girls we're training. <laughs> Uh, three, two, three nights a week, and these two fellas keep me company. Um, For free. After tonight, it won't be happening. <laughs> I, I've met them. They say, don't meet your heroes. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> do you know, and, and I go up in, and there's a, when the girls play with us above Emma Barry, she's a complete, absolutely podcast nut. And all I get is, did you listen to the boys? What did they say? Uh, and whatever, like. But people are on about Limerick's game plan and this. There's no rocket science to this, like. They do the basics of the game quicker and better I, than I was, anyone I've else. Said that, I've said that numerous times, Will. I, I, and you the, have to be The word I use is execution, you know. Yeah. So, like, and when I say execution, people are going, what the fuck are you on about? Like, it's just that the ball is going to hand. There was a stage when they got a score against Cork last in the Ireland final. It was puck to Nicky. There was 14 possessions from the Limerick uh, goalkeeper up to a point, and 13 of those possessions went straight to hand, you know. That's execution on its highest order. If you can get a team, team operate on that level from transitioning from your goalkeeper up to the scoreboard, how do you beat them? You can't touch them. And today's game, let's say, it's built around position retention. It's built around, obviously, movement and players popping up in different positions, backs going to forwards, etc. And let me just do it so well. And that's why I'm looking at Galway and saying, don't try and match what they're doing. You know, bring something different. Bring something way different. And like, physically, you have to match them first. That's the first marker you have to go up, up against Limerick because if you don't get to their level physically you're, you're in for a fucking baiting to be honest right <laughs> so like I think from a goalie's perspective we can match them physically we have a loss in, in, in GMAC now at the minute who provides you know great force in the backs but we have to fill that void 
we have to do something different. And I'm thinking, let's say, where we have six forwards, bring four or five of them out of the half-hour line. Leave Conor Whelan in by himself and just throw something different. Just do something different because Limerick have seen, I won't say they've seen everything, but they've seen an awful lot and they've shown that they're well able to adapt to anything that's thrown in front of them and they come out in front. So if we're going to win this week, uh, we have to do something different, throw something that Limerick haven't seen and try uh, try catch them on the hop. <laughs> so You've been fairly leaving Conor Whelan by himself the last few days, all right. He did okay too, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He did okay against the either. He did, yeah. <laughs> we left about 3.11 behind us, but uh, do you know the Eddie Murphy meme where it's like... Uh, you can't get hammered by Limerick in the semi-final if you lose to Galway in the quarter-final. I don't know. I, I think there must be like a, a breed of a Kerry man in Joe if he's telling us there's no tactics or game plan to what Limerick are doing. Uh, I think you're yearning us here. Like I think there's, like, there's very clear kind of Just things you to what you're Kevin, doing. Don't you? <laughs> it's called PTSD. <laughs> um, but no, like, like I think, I think. Even James, like you spoke about execution, but you also said 13 passes to get them up the field. Like if that doesn't show you that they are doing something very different, and they are doing it very, be- very much better than everyone, but they are doing something very different, and like they are the best for a reason. Like, and I would agree with Paul, not James, uh, if you're claiming that you didn't say 68 points. Uh, I didn't hear it, no or not. So, but like I would agree with Paul. I, I do think. Um, well, Joe Quaid said to me earlier on, I met you, and you said, uh, it's ours to lose, I think are the yeah. words you used. So yeah. I'd be inclined to agree with you, to be honest with you. I just think they are a cut above yeah. everyone right now. I think they're a cut above Galway at the weekend. And I think, like you said, Gerald McInerney is a big loss to Galway. Um, but equally, I don't think Galway have a supporting cast up front to threaten Limerick's backs. And like, one thing's for sure, um, we're messing about Conor Whelan being left on his own. Limerick's structure in the half-back line will not allow one-on-ones like he got with Sean O'Donoghue. Mm-hmm. As well and all as Sean O'Donoghue did at times, and I thought he did okay, he got left in 50, 60 yards of space at times with Whelan. Like, and Whelan doesn't really have a weakness to his game. He's a bear. He can move right or left. He's scoring points that, you know, as a defender, you're kind of saying, I'll let him have that shot. He won't get that space. Number one, he's going to be marking Sean Finn or Mike Casey or whoever picks him up. But number two... The Limerick half-back line are not going to allow the space that the Cork half-back line left. Do you know what I mean? Like, like Dearma Burns, Declan Hannon, Dan Morrissey, they've got their spot in the pitch and they're not going beyond it unless they're going to get the next pass. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And they don't leave that kind of those pockets and those holes that Cork left and that Galway destroyed Cork in. And I just wonder, where are Galway going to get the scores if that space isn't left? See, structurally, Limerick are very good, you see. That's what I mean. As you said, let's say five, six, and seven, they sit and they have a system where Will O'Donoghue and O'Donoghue protect them really well. So it allows him to sit back in front of his number three. So we have to penetrate Limerick. The best method, uh, the best direction for the Limerick backs to go is back towards their own goal. You know, that's where we want them to be going. Yeah. We don't want them coming forward. Jimmy Burns landing a point from 100 yards. You know, if you're from Declan Hannon, like he did in the last minute against Clare, popping a point from 80 yards. We don't want that. Mm. So we want them going the opposite direction. And with that, we have to bring massive energy and penetration from all over the place. You asked me during the week, Will, about, ex- uh, let's say, our, our execution, our, our, how we're going to get more scores and, mm. and whatnot. And I said to you, it's, it's a whole team movement. You know, it's not just one lad being on, being on form and shooting seven or eight points. Our whole team has to move together. If, we're, if we were within any shout at all, our forwards have to be the best players on the pitch. So our, six, our backs, after the jobs yet, but our six forwards and our goalkeeper have to be the best players on the pitch. If we don't do that, we're, we are in for beating. There's no two ways about it. I, I can't sugarcoat that anymore. When you say 68, 
that's my heart telling shut up Murphy's wrong again <laughs> but my head is telling me that all evidence points towards that Limerick are just too strong at the moment so we have to throw something different at them and get all our forwards midfield moving in a forward direction to get the backs moving back towards their own spot was there any indication in the court game that it was moving in the right direction then? Because like, we saw how leaky Galway looked at different times, and then the issue was the far end against Kilkenny, where so many chances were missed, and we talked about the puck outs been all over the place in that game. Mm-hmm. Like, can you patch something together as an optimist, even, from the two performances, and say, hmm, I think this is coming together? See, the trouble is, I, I'm, I'm biased, okay? <laughs> I, I, I sure we'd never I, guess that. I am biased, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll meet you at the bar later now. But, 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 but the trouble is, I've seen, I've seen Cahill Mannion execute unreal stuff. I've seen Joseph Cooney. And in my mind, I'm thinking, if these lads do that, we have a chance, right? But at the minute, collectively, we're not doing it. So we need to say evidence versus Cork. Like, Cork, Cork should have beaten us. Cork, like, in, in the first half, if I was in the goals and they got three clear cut chances, like what, which what they did, I'd be losing my fucking mind, right? Because that means there's gaps. There's big gaps. And there was gaps for runners coming through all. So our defence wasn't set well. Mm. So that, that's a worrisome. So like, in order to beat Limerick, you've got to keep the score down. And those boys, as I, I keep repeating, they're shooting 40 shots. Their execution is on 70, 75%. So you know they're going to get 28 between 30 points. So you've got to exceed that. Try to keep it down, first of all, which is a task in itself, and then try to exceed it. And we're just not moving that well. Where you see Seamus Flanagan hitting eight points, it's hard for me to see Conor Whelan getting eight points. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I can see Conor Whelan maybe getting three, four under severe pressure, but I can't see him getting the eight. I can't see him getting like an Aaron Galan, yeah. a two-six or something like that. Do you know what I mean? So I'm struggling this moment to see it, but look, I'm an optimist at heart with Galway. I've played with all the boys and I'm saying, just fucking go after it. But the other thing with Limerick as well is... <laughs> <laughs> Drinks on you. <laughs> that's that's one of my that's one of my crew as well. Um, well, no, but like that is the thing with Limerick as well is like you can um, you can plan to shut down like you know over the last two years right. Gerard Hegarty scored seven points from playing one game. Tom Morrissey scored five points from playing another. Um, Aaron Gillan is, is generally your kind of your top scorer. The last day, like Seamus Flanagan scored eight points from playing a Munster final. Like, I think you would have got long odds on, on Seamus scoring eight points from play in a Munster final, to be fair. But it just, Dermot Burns, the day in Cusick Park when they were under pressure, he comes up with the goods. It just seems to come from a different spot all the time. And it reminds me of that Kilkenny team where, like, it'll be Henry one week, it'll be Eddie Brennan the next, it'll be Owen Larkin the next, it'll be Martin Comerford the next. And just as you think, like, you're going to shut someone down, Walter Walsh comes on as a sub in, in all in the finals. They collected him on the bus on the way. Walter Walsh? Yeah, no one had the bit. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And Kilkenny will produce that again. That's the big worry, that Kilkenny will arrive with some lad we've never heard of uh, this year. But what, what I mean is, it comes from a different spot all the time with Limerick, and that just shows, like, would you bet against... Cahill O'Neill putting up a score to the weekend. Yeah. But equally, he might even be on the pitch mm. if Keane Lynch is playing. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And that's just the depth they have. It's just... But the trouble is with Jamie, right? When you look at... Remember, I used to remember before Ireland Finals, they used to do in the papers the ratings, you know. Yes. Out of 10, all the players, the 15 players, and who were the top rating. But to get scattered. The thing is, more than you for. The thing is, right? Is in that, and I, I know if you look at an individual player for Limerick, right? If, if you look at an individual player for Limerick, they might be 70. But in the system, now, and I, and I mean this with respect, they're all nines. They're all nines out of 10, you know, and some keen into the 10. So if you manage to mark Hegarty, if you just manage that and manage to mark Morrissey and Glenn, up pops Flanagan, yeah. up pops you know, Lynch and, and, and I don't know who, let's say, and Hannon and Burns. 
So it's a question of matchups. And like when you go every other team across the country, and I, I include Clare in this, who are, who are deemed to be second, right? They just don't have the nines, all the nines. You know what I mean? So Limerick, are just, it's an embarrassment of riches at the moment. And I think it's like I used to mention Portumna when they were in their pomp. They just had so many players in so many positions, no one could beat them. That's where Limerick are at the minute, and it's just a question of how much they want to win. The biggest thing I would say now, like, and, and we obviously reference back to us beating them in 2019, like, if, if people think that Limerick, the way they play in 2019 is the way they play now, like, you're under complete mistake there because we managed to isolate them in 2019. Like, we, we turned over a point from Tom Morrissey because he was on his own. And TJ and Adrian Mullen surrounded him and John Donnelly, and, and we hit him, took the ball over, put it over the bar. Limerick don't get isolated anymore. Like, the reason you see nines the whole time is because you go decide I'm going to mark Garot Hegarty. Garot Hegarty gets the ball, Tom Morrissey's off his shoulder, William O'Donoghue's off his shoulder, whoever. It could even be Barry Nash off the shoulder. They don't get isolated anymore. So if you think you're going out to mark your man and that you beat your man, it's, it's never mind beat your man. You have to go to the next man, to the next man. They don't get isolated. They have two options every single time. And they know, look at the goal against there. Tom Morrissey wins the ball. His helmet is nearly pulled off him. Straight away, what is he doing? He knows there's someone around him somewhere. And he looks and he get, catches a glance of Garot Hegarty and pops it. It's not because Garot Hegarty is roaring, it's not because of whatever. They know if you win a ball, somewhere around me, a Limerick player yeah, is there. Yeah, and like you were talking about Galway, they have to get their plan right or whatever. Galway have to go past what their plan is. Galway have to get everyone hurling well and go past that. They have to do that because where Limerick were in 2019, it's not where they are now. And if you, you're, it's a moving target is what you're trying to hit with Limerick. They're, they constantly keep moving, keep improving. So my biggest would say for any team, if you're trying to match Limerick, you're losing already because by the time you match Limerick, Limerick have moved on. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing at the moment. So I agree with what you said earlier. You have to produce something that's completely different because if you think you're going to go out Sunday and you win your position and that's going to be enough, it's not going to be enough against Limerick because Garot Hegarty will happily go out, not score, win three or four balls, get hard tackles, whatever, but pop it off to Wilma Donoghue coming through, pop it off to Darrow Donovan, whatever. And all the while, Galway's focus was on Garot Hegarty. And suddenly now, we wonder why Seamus Flanagan pops up with eight points because we focus too hard on one fella and this fella's popping up. And they have the hurlers, there's no doubt. It's not to put it all in the system. But it's just the thing that if you focus too hard on one position, thinking that that's going to win it, it's not. And they support each other so well. The is so good. So in 20, we, we toyed with the fact that there was water breaks at the time. So we said after the first, what was it, 15 minutes, whatever it is, should we change up our whole system? You know, just uh, what we produced in the first 15 minutes, should we change up the whole lot and try catch Limerick? And the choice of the time was no. First 15 minutes, we blitz Limerick. We go up five or six points and say things are going well. We didn't change the system. The next 15 minutes, Limerick blitz us. They just adapted to our, what we were doing so well with, I, I presume, Knurk and whatnot. That was the tactics part. Mm. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was you the whole time. The very you, were time for that. you were mic'd up that day, weren't you? Yeah, exactly. Paul, Paul, I was, I was mic'd up at all. But my, my point is, the adaptability of them is, is just is so good. Like, they can adapt in real time. And I know I've referenced the, the, the Cork at Ireland final last year, whereby they produced stuff, stuff that just put the Cork backs in such disarray that they had to make them make real-time decisions in, in a time they didn't have. You know, and they're, they're blitzing the first half. They have the ability to do it to anyone. We're here in Dolan's tonight in Limerick, oh, thanks to Guinness Zero Zero. It's 100% Guinness, 0% alcohol. More social occasions off the GA pitch are yours for the taking. Now, we have... Tommy is out there. If you have any questions, make sure to grab Tommy before we finish up because you can put it to our panellists. But Fiona, first of all, I'll come back down to you. I do see you under the lights there somewhere. Fiona, Limerick, you're a Limerick woman. What do you think of the weekend? They're looking to reach their third successive final since the 1930s. 
is the Limericks for the taking? Sure, yeah, I think everything's been said up there. I was saying to Pod here that Jamie, Jamie took on my, on my, I don't know, armour there. He just said it. Like, everything, there's no, you can't plan against him. Like, I don't think Kyle Hayes scored the last day, and then Seamus Flanagan popped up, scored eight points. You, it, they have a new hero every day, it seems. Like, you talk about Claire and, like, Tony Kelly, you know, is the be-all and end-all, but, like, Limerick, th there's no planning for them. Um, I think I just remember the, the tip month final last year, down 10 points at halftime, no panic, no stress. That's grand, we'll come out and win it by five. Do you know, I, I really just, and as Joe said, it's theirs, it's theirs, it's theirs for the taking, like, do you know? Is that panic and no panic down to the likes of Caroline Cord being on the panel? You know, she's there, she's keeping them down, she's keeping them grounded. A hundred percent, like, do you know, and I, I suppose these lads don't know anything about winning as well. And winning, just build the momentum of winning, you can't beat that. Um, so they know nothing but success, and I just think it's going to keep coming. Like I can't, you can't see past them. Podge, go on, give us an argument against Limerick then. Uh, first of all, I have a dig off scale there. He said, first of all, they had no tactics, and then he went on to talk about a system. Why? <laughs> 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 While also managing the While also managing to insult Claire in the process. So uh, yeah. no, I suppose like with, with Limerick, they're just they seem to be so physically strong, and I nearly like. Oh, I mean offence to scale, and no offence to Paul. And uh, when I say, when, when I say when I say this, like I just think that teams prepare so well throughout the year and try to develop some sort of system that suits their style of play and it's so hard to adapt it, I find anyway, from being involved in teams that I think it's nearly impossible for Galway to be like we'll completely change our system to suit, Galway, to suit Limerick and to change it so I, like, I think they'll have to like, stick to what they know and just try to do it to a higher level to try counteract Limerick and like they did it in the Gaelic Crowns against Limerick and I know Limerick were down a few players but it was an excellent game of hurling I know I think Fintan Burke had three sidelines the same day it's an exceptional game but um, yeah listen I, would, I wouldn't write off Galway if they can get if they can it, it'll be the performance of a lifetime because they were probably worse than Cork um, I, don't, I, don't, I think everyone would agree with that nearly Cork should have probably they were looking to come out of that game and then at Clare Kilkenny side I think like Paul said it's a 50-50 game and it's going to be very hard to call. Pod, scale wouldn't bite when I asked him this week because a couple of our listeners actually sent us messages saying, do Galway look a little bit too predictable under um, Henry this year? What's your take been on how Galway have hurled so far? Um, I, I think Galway could always have a performance in them because of the talent they have. And I think if you've watched a lot of the Galway players even play colleges or playing with their club, there's an unbelievable talent pool. And sometimes we don't get to see it with Galway as a 15, but when they do produce it, it's something special. And even when they, like when they won the All-Ireland, I was thinking, when they were going up against Limerick the year after, I was thinking, this Limerick team aren't going to beat this Galway team. Like, they're, they're going to stick at it for a few years. Like, there's all performance in Connor Cooney. Like, even their players come off the bench. Like, Flynn, I think, is an ex Jason Flynn's an exceptional hurler. Like, Connor Whelan. You've got such a talent pool. Carl Mannion, top class. That when, if they all click, if they all get it right, they... They could trouble Limerick, but like Limerick are juggling at it. Like it, it, if Limerick get it right at the same time, no one's beating them because they are the best team in Ireland. But that's a, like I think do Galway do have exceptional hurlers?
Mm. We will get predictions in a while off the lads before we go on off. Could I you, jump in, yeah, Barry, yeah. before we go yeah. from Podge there now? Because I, I was just looking at him there and I said, if Mark Podge, a good few times over the years, and I'll tell two quick Podge Collins stories. Now. <laughs> just, to ru- just to ruin him. Well, just I ruin these kids since we're here. <laughs> First one I'll say is, uh, I, I can't remember, Podge, you might, you might remember the day, but we, we opened James Stevens hurling pitch in Kilkenny. I think it was 2015? 2014, start 2014. 14, was it? He doesn't remember. Doesn't remember. <laughs> doesn't remember. Doesn't remember me anyway. <laughs> but uh, we hurled club hurling that day and about two or three hours before we hurled Roar in the Steag, our own club and I played the 60 minutes and we went to the match and we knew we were opening the pitch Brian's club we knew we were opening the pitch and I said I'd probably be a sub here if even a sub like you know strength and conditioning these days I'll be you know, doing something else next thing I was down to start and I went starting we're playing player I was like we're starting corner back I went Jesus Christ I'm only after, I'm only after pitch two hours like you know so I said, hopefully now Claire will have some jobber in corner forward, like, you know, and I'll just go, grand, I'll get in here now, find me feet. Next thing he went in, here's Podge Collins stretching out the hamstrings. I went, you're fucking joking me. <laughs> and your man, he was covering about 13 kilometres a game. But the other one I'll say about him was, we played the league against you in Ennis about 2019, maybe it was. And I think I was hurling centre-back or that. And I, I was on you. But in the second half, uh, there was a free... And we, we didn't have enough lads back. So as soon as the free, I, I was after fouling Podge. And as soon as the free happened, I was like, I stood in front of it. And I was going, I was getting out to Podge Keenan was the referee. I said, well, what's going on? Like, you know, that wasn't, that wasn't a free or whatever. And I wasn't backing away quick enough. And Podge just rose the ball up and wore it off my arse. <laughs> <laughs> and I got fucking booked. I got booked for it. So when, when Garone Hegarty got booked down in Ennis, I was going, I have savage sympathy for Garone Hegarty here now because that fella left a mark on me for about four weeks. <laughs> we, we played the bank with the army in a few games and Paul has given it to me a few times when he knows he can't get suspended. So he, he got it. <laughs> He got his, he got his payback. That. That, that, that game in 2014, just a quick story on it. Um, Jackie Turrell, you know, I, we, he was coming down the line. And you know when you line a lad up and he's picking the ball up and he's coming up out of it, he doesn't think there's anyone around him. I lined him up for 15 yards and I was like, I'm going to meet him on the sideline now. And he was just, uh, there was like a centimetre between him and the sideline. And I met him and I cracked a rib and he didn't even <laughs> flinch. <laughs> <laughs> he turned and cleared the ball down the field. I was like, oh, yeah, we're in yeah. trouble if we meet these in championship. <laughs> there was actually, a, a, I know was, this is the last one, but we hurled, you hurled for Bank of Ireland, I think it was, and the army you hurled. There's actually great matches. Bank of Ireland, the AIB, the guards, um, and the army often hurled against each other. And we, we hurled Ian again. Oh, during the work day, yeah. During the work days, yeah. Anyone from the country the way it is. Public sector, right? Public sector, you made a bad decision. We hurled um, Bank of Ireland in, up, in, up in Newbridge, I think it was, or somewhere like that. Newbridge and Oher, somewhere around there. And it was the year Austin Leeson was after winning Hurler of the Year and Young Hurler of the Year and all this. We had a heap of lads away overseas. I think Owen Larkin had left the army at this stage. We had nobody of a team heading up, and we were, we were kind of looking. Next thing, Podge was walking in, Jamie Callanan walked in, Henry walked in, Austin Gleeson walked in, and we were going, what, what are we going to do here? Like, you know? So there was a lot of club hurlers were actually on the team at the time. And uh, after the first half, it was actually fairly vicious, the first half. There was lads should have been sent off for it, really. Now, went in anyway, and I said to lads, actually, Liam Ryan was hurling, Wexford fullback was hurling fullback for us, and, and someone was after, Kilkenny lads after pulling on him. I said, lads, listen, we're all in the one team here today. If a lad pulls on a fella, get out there and clean him. You know, so next thing... I was in the full back lane, and there was a lad, Jerry Welch, who listens to the pod, in fairness to it. He's from Carrick Swan, down in Tipperary, and he was in corner back, and Shamie Callanan was full forward, and Shamie went running through on goal. 
and like everybody was fired up in the second half. And Jerry Welsh ran flying out and just clotheslined Jamie Callan. <laughs> and next thing, just hit the deck and rolled around, and he had his hands on his head, and he was rolling around, and he had his head, on, and the referee didn't know what to do, and a fight broke out in Everton. The next thing, the referee was kind of did, he was just, he didn't know what to do. It was like the Armand match the weekend. He was going, what do I do here? And Jerry was on the ground, and he had his head in the ground, and everything. I went over and said, uh, I was looking, Jerry, you all right? He said, I'm grand. He said, I reckon I'm getting a red card, though, am I? <laughs> I went, uh, and I looked over at the referee and said, he's talking to Shane McCallan. And I said, I think you're getting away with this. And he goes, let me know when the cards have been delivered. And, <laughs> and I'll get up. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I was there anyway, and we had, we had an old bookshee doctor in, and we were looking, and we were going. I said, Shane McCallan's standing over the free, and Jerry Welch goes, that's grand, so I'll have you there. <laughs> we won by two points. <laughs> if anyone wants to uh, throw some questions at the panel, by all means, throw your hand up and Tommy will find There's you. There's one but over here. Go on. Yeah. Tommy, if you want to. How are you doing? What's your name and your question? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Rob here from Mungers. We won the County Intermediate Championship last year. We're up senior for the first year. There's nothing to do with it. Bit of a question for you, right? Uh, Munster hurling is, is obviously huge, right? And you know, a lot of people say the All Ireland Championship is going to come from Munster. Leinster, like Kilkenny, lost two games. They won the Leinster Championship. They're in All Ireland semi final. What's the future of hurling? How do we how do we get this game to Mayo, Sligo, Antrim? Like, how do we develop this game, and how do we make it better? How do we get 26 counties in the game? How do we get a Sam Maguire out of what I, what I reckon, and again, let, leave it open to the lads, the first thing I think Munster could do anyway is open the door to Kerry, to letting Kerry into the Munster Championship, because the Leinster Championship is called the Leinster Championship, but we have Galway and we have Antrim inside in it. And I think the more we open the door to it, like traditionalists will want to call it the Leinster Championship and the Munster, don't go away from it, and particularly the Munster Championship, to say, no, that's, that's our, you know, all these great teams who've won it call it the Munster Championship. But I think the more we open the doors to these teams, and if they think they have a prospect of, if I win the Joe McDonough, I could go and actually hurl against Tipperary or Limerick or Kilkenny or Galway or whoever. I think there's, there's something there for a team to work towards it. So for me anyway, it's throwing open the doors. Don't, I think we would actually hamper the game if we stick to this thing of Leinster Championship and Munster Championship, and you have to be from those provinces. I think if we open the door and... I, I think the Christy Ring, the Joe McDonough, the Nicky Rackard, I think they're serving a savage purpose. And I think they're giving great teams great incentives. Now, it's up to their own counties to actually go and put the effort in in those counties. But if you're on the edge of Joe McDonough thinking you can win, and potentially you can go and hurl against Patrick Horgan, or you can hurl against Jamie Callanan or Garrod Hegarty, I think that's a huge incentive. So for me, the biggest thing... Sorry? Two competitions. Two competitions. Well, I think... My, my overall thought on it would be that you have a competition that allows teams to hurl at their own level as long as they're hurling at their own level. But if they're proven that they can, like Kerry, that they're year on year now starting to show that they can go, Kerry are finding it hard to get into Munster at the moment. I think we have to open them doors and say, come on in, you're going to take a bit of a beating there. Yeah, 100%, 100%. But the only way they'll actually thrive and the rest, of these, the rest of these counties will actually step up is look at Westmead this year. Westmead drew you know, with, uh, with Wexford, Westmead pushed Dublin really hard, Westmead pushed Kilkenny hard for 30 minutes, opened the door, let them in, 
And I think that's the way to progress, to bring more lads into the frame and, and progress the hurling. Joe, what was your feeling being at? Because you've obviously managed in yeah, the... Look, I've, been, I've been with Kildare, I've been with Westmead. Um, the biggest problem is the yo-yo effect. Mm. If you go up, you're there for a year and you're back down. And, and that's the, I think that's the biggest problem. Yeah. They don't get an opportunity to stay there for a couple of years. Right, Kerry have been in the last three McDonough finals. They've lost them. But fuck it, if they're good enough to get to three finals, they should be good enough to play a Munster. Or try it. Do you know? Like, you have the dinosaurs at the top tables in provincial councils that want to... Uh, it's sacrosanct that, oh, we have to... That. Look, I love the Munster Championship more than anyone. Yeah. You love the Leinster Championship. You'll go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like? <laughs> so no, they go wherever they go wherever anyone will take them. But <laughs> but to be fair, no, you, you uh, did win the, the Connacht Championship for years. That's a good, good championship to win. Too. <laughs> good championship to win. But but like I've, I've been to the likes of Mayo. They love their hurling as much as Mayo as they love in Limerick. I'll give you an example. David Reedy from Limerick got dropped in 2000 and. 16, the end of 2016. Um, I was above in Kildare. We were shot by these, uh, like we couldn't get everyone in. They were travelling, they were this, they were that. Right? I still don't believe that outside players should come in because I think it's taken from somebody within the county. But um, the players came to me and said, look, we need to get a few players in. Now, normally you'd get fellas, club holders that'd be living around the county or whatever. So I said, right lads, if we're going getting someone in, we'll do a right job on it. So I rang Reedy. Kylie was after ringing him, taught him he was off the panel. So I rang him, he was teaching above in Kildare. His brother Mikey was teaching above in Kildare. We got the two boys in. And David Reedy will tell you this, the training he got above in Kildare was as good as what he got in Emmerich. I said to him, come up with us, you, you'll stare up here. I said, you'll be in the, the headlines, obviously, it might be a back page, he'd be in two or three pages in. Mm. First week, which is a complete joke of the fucking thing, like, he played wing forward for us, we played Mead in the Walsh Cup, I think, or Kyo Cup. Kyo Cup, probably, yeah. Um, he played wing forward, and they brought out the team of the week, David Reedy, number five, wing back. He never crossed the fucking 65 like and there he was behind. But he had a great game that to fit him in somewhere, we'll throw him in wing back. But straight away, the first week, and that's your Reedy, hang on a minute now, I'm getting my name and headlights here. See where he is now. No, the downside to that is we got Mulhall in from Kilkenny. Good lad. Oh, lunatic. Oh, what a man. He actually thought I was taking a piss out of him when I rang. <laughs> I, he, he actually said, just that, nah, he said, this can't be right. He rang another fella. Is this fucking real? He says. But Mulhall was such a character. Yeah, I presume you know Mulhall well, do you? Oh, I do, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Mulhall left. We played a league match above in Kildare one day. And we were doing our warm down. Next one, we saw Mulhall running out the gate in Newbridge. And he definitely, we thought he was going nowhere. <laughs> so out he went anyway, and we heard no more from him until late that night. 
I got a text of his students, of who we were teaching, over in Iceland, and he going into one of the fucking geezers for his, <laughs> his warm down. <laughs> Do you know? That type of man. But he gave us, I'll never forget, he gave a speech above with a, with a training weekend. Um, and that's, like you said, teams will go away two weeks beforehand. The likes of Kildare's, the Westmeads, the funding isn't there for them to go to Carlton House, to go to Forta, to go anything. You're, you're, you're lucky to get enough to survive. And that needs, that's one thing that needs to be done. But I, I'll never forget above that we were doing goal setting or whatever, and the lads were, we were playing, I, I forget who we were playing, Mead, or we were playing Antrim or Derry or someone. And well, Mull Hall lost his shit above inside the, the canteen in Hawkfield. And he, he started quoting stuff from Lord of the Rings, murder and <laughs> fucking this and that, and where the fuck do you think you're going? He says, you might be afraid of Derry, let's say, but he says, I never had a fucking fear of Derry. And he was just off his game, like. But <laughs> as someone that came from an original, uh, a traditional Holland County, I could see where he was coming from. Right? And the following year, lads that wouldn't come into the panel for the first two years ended up coming in. Why? Because they said, hang on, if the likes of David Reedy, who was on the Limerick Senior panel last year, is willing to hold for Kildare, and they put everything into it, and the likes of John Mulhall, an All-Ireland winner from Kilkenny, is putting everything into it, we need to go back. So we made a decision the following year that we'd bring back the Kildare lads. We drew Kilkenny I don't know where you were playing, in the first round of the Welsh Cup down in Freshford. Don't remember that. And it was the <laughs> greatest match these lads were going to go out and play. And Mulhall, now at this stage, we decided we weren't bringing back the, the permanent <laughs> players. I swear to God, my phone was fucking right. Please, can I just play this match? He just wanted to go back, I'd say, and give Cody the two fingers. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what? What that showed me, and it showed the lads from Kildare, was the passion that was there from outside. I got the second Westmead for uh, cultural differences. We won't go into that. You, I, I'm I, intrigued by this, by the way, because I'm talking to some of the players. I don't know any more than you yeah. know. Mm. Believe me. I thought you'd know. But cultural differences, and when it was quoted to me, I actually turned around and said, so in Nimerick, when we wake up in the morning, even when we're going shit, Every 1st of January, we think we have a chance of winning something. So I said, if that's the wrong culture, do you know what? You can stick your culture where the sun don't shine. <laughs> I said. And, and uh, given the option, you can say, go away for uh, family reasons and that. I said, go fuck yourself. <laughs> but anyway, we, we, we walk it out there. But the one thing I'm delighted for is to see the progress that the likes of Westmead are making. Because they have serious, serious horrors up there. But they, that needs to be not to know. They're gone to that stage. Mm. But unfortunately, this year, we're after losing Leash. Yeah. Back down. So I think the yo-yo effect, I don't know how you can solve it, but the yo-yo effect, I think, I guarantee you, Leash beat Dublin in 18, after they beat, or 19, 19 yeah. after they beat us in the McDonough final. Um, making huge progress. They're now back down again. And... When the lift is going down, it's very hard to hit the stop button. Last killer, in the last three years, the McDonough Cup winners have been the relegate team from the Leinster so it's, it's, it's yo-yo effect. So I think that the Munster Championship and Leinster Championship 
are special occasions. If they run, and I think you said it there, if they run the two of them and they run a separate All-Ireland competition, I don't think it'll take the last half of the, the provincial championships because I have two months of medals at home and I pride them more than anything in the world. And I think your Leinster medals, you'll be the same. Oh, yeah. And if I you had to go and play a, a separate And we got Joe, I have three Leinsters, I don't even know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> But you're, the other problem like, I, I find is that you know, when you compete with Kerry's, like, Bayo's, Ross Commons, it's football dominated. Yeah. So the question is, how do you build a sustainable model? And as much as I hate to say it, an awful lot of it revolves around finance. You know, putting people into positions where they can go into national schools and start there. You mentioned, Joe, about them, the 14s with Keen Lynch. Look where we are now. Get those young lads now, do you know what I mean, and try and entice them to games of hurling. So the, the answer to your question is not today or tomorrow. It's, yes. We need to be projecting like 10 years. How do we get, how do we get the likes of you know, Carlow to be a top-level county in 10 years? And it, it involves putting people, whether it be from different counties, into positions in schools and whatnot to uh, entice young fellas to... It's not getting them there yeah, for one year. No, I think it's, it's probably an eye for a longer chat. And I, 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 I know I'm we have the time to dip into... The big thing, Valerie, is yeah. you can have no sacred cows. That's it. Like, and unfortunately... The Munster Championships, the Leicester Championships, the leagues, at the moment they're sacred cows. And if you want to have that structure that you talked about, a Munster and a Leinster and a separate All-Ireland, something has to give. Mm-hmm. If that thing is the leagues. Like right now, we run a league, which let's call it straight, is Mickey Mouse, because it's basically yeah. just a dress rehearsal for another league. Challenge games. So, for, yeah. so the league is challenge matches, and then we run another league, which is the real league, and then we get into the All-Ireland series. Like a very straightforward thing, if you were willing to get rid of the league is, you play your provincial championships as your league because it's a round robin league anyway. That's your league, and then you have a like a 12 to 14 team All Ireland championship that's played out in three groups of four. You know, and, and this is just like back of a fag packet kind of stuff. Like, but the baseline for it, if, like to answer your question, because I know Joe kind of went on a bit of a tangent, um, <laughs> is that you have to have a blank page when you start out with these things, and at the moment it's piecemeal, and you look at the hassle they had with trying to revamp the football and that they're still having with trying to revamp the football, it's piecemeal because unfortunately you have to work within a system that was formed in, you know, in a pub like this in Hayes' Hotel a hundred and something years ago. It's not fit for 2023, do you know what I mean? But like I said, it just has to be no sacred cows, blank page and... That's, like Valerie rightly said, yeah. not something that's going to be solved. Yeah, the, we, we'd love to have more time. We just, we just don't have don't the time. Worry, we there's going to be quite weeks in Ireland pod. We will do this in far more detail. <laughs> yeah, you can, but it's time for predictions, Give us the I quick think. predictions then, lads. This is one word answer crack so they can use it against you next week. Skell, both semi-finals. Give us Claire Kilkenny first. One word. One word. One word, <laughs> Skell. Clear. And the second game? Second game. There's another game there. Who, who, who's calling me there? <laughs> <laughs> Galway. Oh. <laughs> 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 Jamie, you can tell us yours. Claire by a nose and Limerick Claire by, by and Limerick by a furlong. Joe. Uh, Kilkenny and Ga- uh, sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry. Give it a twenty euro. <laughs> Kilkenny and Limerick. Paul. Kilkenny and Limerick. Here we go. Barry. Thanks, lads. Myself. Barry. Um, I will say Clare and Limerick. 
Will? No one cares what I think, but I reckon Claire and Limerick will have repeated the Munster final. Do you want me more for tonight? Come on, head down. <laughs> 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 the Miners? Oh, the Miners? Oh, tip, unfortunately. Oh. Hopefully you'll win the crowd, but tip will win the game. Make sure to tune in to TG Carr. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you want to see more of Jamie Wall? TG Carr at half past one. The game will not start at half past one, I guarantee you. It's going to be so packed at the weekend. Folks, it's been a fantastic panel. My name's to Podge and Fiona, who are still out in the crowd. Also to James, Jamie, Joe, and to Paul, and to you for being a wonderful audience. Thanks a million for joining Thanks. us in the Roadshow here in Dublin tonight. <laughs>